Hey, welcome to the Joiner Chronicles. I'm your host, Heath. And I'll be your co-host, Sam. You're right. I did need a little restart. I told you. Like, I'm just thinking more positive instead of negative. Because, like, if that would have happened to us, like, last month, that's it. We're doomed. We were never supposed to do this podcast. <laughs> okay, to be honest, we literally hit wall after wall. And then more things happened even after that. Yeah. I know. It just seems like it wasn't meant to be, but now look, it's going smooth. We're, we are thinking more glass half full, not glass half empty. Right? Right? That's the new us. <laughs> new That's year, what new we're me. saying is the new us. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, welcome to the Joiner Chronicles. We're here again. Two days. Yep. Back to back. Consistency. We're doing it. We're, we're making this. We are making leaps and bounds of progress. I feel like the podcast is definitely uh, moving forward. Like, I'm excited. Like, we're just, we're getting through this book. We're already halfway done. After this episode, we are halfway through the book. The script is already, like, it's done. Yeah, I just feel like, oh my gosh, we're already coming to an end. Like, we're ready to do the next book here soon. It's pretty exciting to see the progress we've been, um, we've been doing the past couple weeks. So we're here on a gloomy-ass day. Ready to cover episode three? We're ready to cover part two of the book, but episode three for here for the podcast. Last we left, Louis and Claudia, they literally were running away from the crazy looking ass Lestat and his little companion. Louis lit everything on fire and he was like, Oh yeah, the pokers are poking. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, they beat him off with pokers and lit the house on fire. They thought they escaped them. They headed to the ship that they were going to because they were supposed to travel. And well, yeah, like with his travel agent had had their vacation set and planned. (laughs) (sighs) I hope Louis really tipped that guy because he's like, I'd never have to deal with this guy ever again. What a lucrative like way of living back then is making sure people got on a ship, like a wooden ship. Like imagine that was your job. You have to sell tickets (laughs) with this wooden ship, like what people trusted it they're like yeah we're gonna go travel that way trust the process seriously that time louis and claudia ended up getting on the ship and setting off they're already ready and um it begins louis like was scared they got away and he's just waiting like waiting for the ship to go like he's like wanting nothing more than for the ship to like hurry off this dock he did kind of like hover around like on top of the ship and was like watching to see if lestat or his little companion would end up showing up he was pretty confident everything was already moved the day before and he was like all right there's nothing there that he could know that we're on this ship right now yeah, well, as far as he knew, he also thought that Lestat was burned. But he's like, I know this motherfucker is not dead. So he's like scared, scared that Lestat's going to show up and that's it. Then like all gloves off. Lestat haunts this guy. Mm-hmm. He's a very haunting character. At this point, it's their first night on the ship and Louis kind of gathering everything that happened. And it seemed like he was kind of in shock. Settling in like all of those emotions. Like he was in, what's, what do you call that? Like when you're like in shock. Is it is it called shock or is it called something else i'm pretty sure it's just he was like in shock he was shooketh and he came to realize that lestat wasn't there to protect him anymore this was the first time he was gonna go to bed and no one was there to watch him he was the responsible one and lestat always kind of like woke up early watched over the household made sure everything was okay and louis kind of just woke up whenever the fuck he wanted to He's like the angsty teenager. So Louis feeling really vulnerable right now. Yeah, well, he's probably like, I'm an adult. <laughs> I have to be an adult without daddy. While on the ship, Louis reflects on human and vampire nature, and he starts to feel like, what is damnation? Now that he doesn't think that his god exists anymore, it's kind of put him in this situation where, what the fuck is this? 
what am I? Like, I know I'm evil, so where's the good? Where's the people that are godlike? Why isn't these answers being given to me kind of thing? This ship is a woe is me trip for Louis, okay? So just be prepared. Louis's really self-reflecting. He's in it. He's like, all right, I fucked up. Yeah, it's also not too far from what he's, like, been this entire process. But now you're on a <laughs> tiny ship with him yeah. in the middle of the sea, and it's just him and his thoughts and he's like, ugh, Claudia. He doesn't know who he is. I don't know who you are. I don't know what life's about. That's what Louis is But he right did now. know that Lestat kind of embodied evil. He was the embodiment of evil to Louis. Like, he's like... I mean, that guy's just evil through and through. And no matter what he does. He really is. Like, he's always got a sassy way of trying to... What he wants. He also projected his own, like, Catholic values onto the way Lestat behaved. So I feel... Yeah, Lestat was evil. He did want to turn the switch off. So Louis wasn't wrong, but Louis was also wrong because he kept saying that Lestat was this bad person, but he literally was doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, and that's why this whole ship ride, he's low-key missing Lestat. Like, this is a mistake. I chose wrong. And this is the first time he's alone. Mm -hmm. He's never been alone. Even before that, he was taking care of the plantation. He was taking care of his brother, his mom, his siblings. He had this whole household he had to control. And then after that, it was Lestat and taking care of Lestat, making sure Lestat didn't get caught. He had money. They were turning their, basically, their kills into tricks. He had that, like, maker mentality. Claudia isn't someone he made. Lestat did. So he is truly alone. It's just him. No longer his family, no longer his maker. It's just him. Stuck with Claudia from what it feels like. Like his annoyance of Claudia is there. He's looking out the porthole. No, Claudia was looking out the the porthole. He was on the actual ship and he was looking out to the sea and was like doing this self-reflecting about how, you know, evil and God and he just feels so betrayed by everything, including Lestat. And then he feels betrayed by Claudia for betraying Lestat. It's a lot. He's just, he's very aware of self-destructive behavior. Mm -hmm. And so all that's happening. And then he's leaving the Mediterranean into the Black Sea. And he's kind of giving this like symbolism that he's heading into like a dark place from this light place he wanted to be at. I feel like it's a little bit of foretelling, foretelling yeah. of like what the next couple chapters are going to be. Like he just kept saying Black Sea. It was reflecting and all he could see is himself, like through the reflection of the Black Sea. It's how dark it is. And he I th- thinks the answers aren't going to bring anything. And if they do, it's going to bring more problems. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what Louis is saying, like because they're not heading towards Paris yet. They're going to go on like this world tour of this area, like near the Carpathians. Yeah, near Bulgaria and stuff like that to set to kind of set out an adventure to find out vampires because Claudia is dying, dude. They're doing the information tour. (laughs) And And Louis like, I don't care to know anymore. But he's going to go because Claudia wants to. There'd be other things Louis would like to be doing, (laughs) really. (laughs) That's why he's a little salty. Back on board. (laughs) (laughs) Sucking up the sun. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) sorry patrick (laughs) so after he went he went back down into like his cabin where claudia was he kind of started talking about how she's like playing cards i guess she had this really sick deck and louise he made sure to comment about her sick deck (laughs) but his little five-year-old hands barely could what do you call that shuffle shuffling yeah she's just out there playing solitaire some five-year-old you're just like hey can we talk she's like yeah totally let me do my solitaire (laughs) what 
realistically, if you saw that, like, you, his door was open, and you just seen this grown-ass fucking man with his hair slicked back with radiant green eyes just talking to this five-year-old while she's just, like, dealing out her solitaire? What? That's so suspicious. And a really nice cabin, because <laughs> yeah. they have to be in, like, luxury. Everybody's like, they would. Rich people would <laughs> be weird like that. They can afford to be weird and not be bullied about it, because they have money. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> be weird. Louis gets to the cabin, and he sits down. He wants to talk to Claudia. You can tell there's a huge disconnect now. He kind of realizes that Claudia never really had a connection to her human life because she was five when she got changed. Like, I know I say this a lot, especially the last episode, but she was five. She had no mental capacity to remember anything of her human life. Yeah, let alone, like, know how to, like, really wipe her ass. So she grew (laughs) up as a vampire. That's all she's ever known, and Louis is starting to sense this, and he's like, oh, maybe you're worse than Lestat. Yeah, you were a mistake, is literally his feelings. She isn't remorseful at all about killing Lestat. She's like, we're gonna get these answers, fuck this guy, whatever. And she's like, he died in the fire, he had to, who can survive? And Louis is like, dude, he survived what we did to him and dropped him in the swamp. Louis knew. Louis knew exactly how he would survive. I think Louis knew the entire time, and I think that's probably why they, like, he let Claudia go through with killing him, because I think he knew he knew that, like, no one can kill his stats. In his own manipulative little way, he was like, you can kill him, but he's not really gonna die, so do as you wish. You really hate Louis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, if he could be nice, he could be bad, or you know what I mean? Like, there's always a good and bad to people. Well, I mean, he likes to eat children. Yeah. I think that's a lot of bad. It is. For a person. And he's a gaslighter. Literally, this episode should be called Gaslighter. <laughs> Gaslighter 101 with Sam. <laughs> I just learned what that was. Hashtag Gaslight Louie. The way I think about kind of how it goes is Claudia is more of a vampire than both Lestat and Louie. Louie wants to disconnect his vampire ways and he wants to stay connected to his humanity. And that makes him a bad vampire. And it makes him a bad person because he's battling and not even just accepting and like. He be- can't even enjoy vampirism. Like, he's just so sad about it. Like, can't he just go kill somebody? But it is his nature. That is what he is at that point. As humans, we hunt. We do things that, I mean, it's typical for humans to hunt. So we are predators too. And so are it's Louis trying so hard to stay connected to his humanity. And then Lestat's trying so hard to disconnect from his humanity. So both of them are battling almost the same fight, just on different ends. Yeah, and here comes Claudia. She's like, fuck this. What's your problem? I need to know where I'm from, what we're doing. I need answers. And both of them are like, I don't know. Yeah, because they're so stuck in the other the yeah. other world that they can't get back and she's like ready to live in her own. So Louis knew that Lestat got away. He predicted that Lestat kind of planned out everything anyway. Louis and Claudia are theorizing at this point like how Lestat survived the swamp, how Lestat would have survived the fire. <laughs> They're literally like, okay, <laughs> group discussion. How do you think this motherfucker actually got out of there? Well, Louis is very confident in his belief that his- Lestat can conquer anything. <laughs> That Lescat. Lescat. Lescat again. Lescat again. That's what I'm going to call him from here on out. Lescatty dad. Maybe we smoke too much. <laughs> You're like, hit this bong real quick. I'm like, <laughs> Louis's confident in Lestat. He understands. He's kind of like the boogeyman. I think that's a better way to describe. A hundred percent. He's scary. <laughs> I'd be scared too. And Louis's like, he got away. This is how he got away. We underestimated him. I told you we were going to underestimate him. And she's like, I don't care. And that's when he's just like, well, 
this bitch is crazy. She showed no no other signs right now besides then. But he did turn the musician into a vampire so he wouldn't be alone. So it kind of ties in with the theory that Claudia had that he doesn't want to be alone. And he's scared to be alone. Super randomly. Lestat? Yeah, because he knew. He knew Louis was leaving. He was like, this is the end. And Louis is being a scaredy cat at this point. He's like, I don't think we can kill vampires. He believes that Lestat's completely immortal. Claudia is She's like, like well, be why quiet. are we scared of the sun? Why, why are, are we... you scared? Yeah. She's like, have no fear. <laughs> You're a vampire, little bitch. Claudia's like, why are you questioning these stupid things when we need answers more than we need more questions? She was very logical about it, but at the same time was calling Louis a pussy. Yeah, it wasn't very nice. <laughs> She's not a very <laughs> nice five year old. She's brutally honest. So, like I said, they were going to do the tour of Europe, kind of land in the Bulgaria area. That rhymes. <laughs> I think they're like going to like Car- the Carpathians is what was mentioned in the book. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Louis didn't want to go, but he wanted to stay close to Claudia. He wanted to get these answers for her, and he kind of was curious himself. You know what I mean? They got off the ship, and they were in Bulgaria at that time. Claudia arranged like all the travel arrangements, so the carriage that showed up was stupid luxurious, okay? Louis looks at this carriage that could carry a bunch of people very comfortably, too. And it's just them two, just a man and his five-year-old daughter traveling through these poor rural farm areas, you know, in the middle of nowhere. They're not going to draw any attention. They are inconspicuous. They're not vampires made of money. Seriously. And Louis kind of gets a sense like, oh my god, this is Lestat's child. Almost immediately, they hear about vampires. So they finally get to this place to find these answers, and as soon as they get off, they hear about vampires, like whisperings of vampires. Very suspicious people. Well, I mean, can you, you, know, you must know you landed in the right place. Like, you went to the right place if they're already immediately vampires. When you come from a place that, like, they don't acknowledge vampires, like, that's, that's, a, that's a lore. They arrive at a dirty, boarded-up inn filled with really tense villagers. The rooms are covered in garlic garlands, so... Probably had a really good high stench with all these people enclosed in it, too. You know, they were... Claudia's like, bro, really? They really were suspicious, but but Louis kept Claudia very close to him because she kind of would expose them. Oh, 100%. She didn't look normal. She didn't look like a five-year-old. She had more of this dark, hidden, curious... Like, if you stared too long, you'd know something was up. You knew she was older than what mm-hmm. you were looking at. Oh, yeah, like the orphan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying that's mightily similar. No one acknowledges them when they get in. Only a drunk. I feel like they they stumbled in like on a difficult conversation. Like They kind of interrupted a conversation. They interrupted it was. a meet. The lady that was there kind of was like, hey, it's really dangerous traveling. Hey, it's really dangerous traveling late at night. So she's like, come in. And then there's this, then there's this drunk English man named Morgan. And he's an English speaker. And so is Louis. And he's relieved that he can talk to this man. He's like, oh my God, I have a story for you. And he kind of clings to Louis. Against the innkeeper's protest, Morgan leads Louis into the parlor where his wife corpse is laid out on a table so she's just dead like <laughs> just laid out <laughs> that's all like it when i picture people like and she was just laying there dead i just literally like she's just laid out <laughs> like she has like the white marks around her like that's how i pictured in my head <laughs> you laid out laid out so morgan had a story to tell louis for sure he literally was like come sit down and sip this tea with me real quick and he's getting very drunk during this time he's talking to louis telling him these things and he's he's up there yeah just slamming slamming whiskey morgan explains that his wife and 
him were backpacking across the country, sinking landscapes to paint. They noticed a strange ritual in the cemetery outside of the village. The townspeople dug up the grave of a woman who had died six months previously, but her corpse looked young and fresh. I wonder, though, because, like, Louis says she's not a van. Like, how- you know, it was really suspicious times. Everybody was walking on eggshells. Science wasn't wasn't big back then. Yeah, I believe it when I see it. Especially, like, in these areas that were these small little towns hidden in the mountains. You know, they didn't, they weren't exposed to a lot. Like, these trade towns. These these towns that were, like, on the water that were exposed to trading posts and stuff. They were exposed to different things more. So, Morgan watches these villagers drive a stake through this woman's heart and, Imagine. Cut, and cuts her head off. Morgan was mad nosy, though. Yeah, he was. He's He was just, like, looking like he's like, no one's noticing me, so I'm going to keep doing it. That night, Morgan's wife, Emily, she was killed by a vampire. Yeah, and they, like, they like lured her out there. The villagers wanted to destroy Emily's body. They kind of found her the next morning and were like, ah, dead body. Poor thing. Like, she was just innocently trying to, like, give that vampire water. She also had those two bite marks, so they for sure knew, like, oh, my God, she was bit. We gotta kill this bitch. They were really stressed out that she was gonna become a vampire and kill everybody. Of course, Louis knew that she wouldn't be turned by just being bitten and drained. He wanted to kind of fight for Morgan's right to bury his wife. He wanted to get involved. And Claudia didn't want Louis to be involved at all, so she stops him. The innkeeper tells Louis the vampires live at the nearby monastery ruins. And Louis pretends he wants to avoid danger to get directions. To me, I feel like he kind of tried a little hard. He's like, tell me, tell me, so I don't go that way, but tell me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, but they're like, they didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't pick up on it. Seemed a little desperate to yeah, me. for us. That's because we watch a lot of movies. Despite the innkeeper's protest, Louis and Claudia set off immediately. She wanted them to stay until dawn. Which she... won't work out for them. <laughs> well, to her, to her, it was kind of, well, we'll keep you safe because at night it's dangerous because these vampires are there. And Louis and Claudia are like, oh, we got it, bro. Don't He's worry. Like, we are the night. <laughs> we are what you fear. <laughs> yeah. And you let us in. Louis starts feeling even more anxious and Claudia's even more determined. Starts leading him literally there. She's so ready to find these answers in these vampires. She has no fear in her. It was like, Louis, stop being fearful. You're annoying me. <laughs> he was like, but wait. <laughs> they discover an inhumane vampire. Thinking of death and wearing rags, carrying carrying a fresh body around. To like live. He's live. He's in live. The creature attacks Louis, but Claudia easily shatters his skull with a rock. He was like a pretty decrepit vampire then. It was kind of like he was a rabid vampire. Like a feral? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Needing to feed, they moved on. Needing to feed, they moved on to the vampires dying. Yeah, they're like, great snacks. <laughs> I mean, it was there. Yeah. So they kill the victim. And then Louis's like, fuck, fuck, it's Morgan. <laughs> it's Morgan. Yeah, it's Morgan. He's just like... Literally, I could just picture his big ol' eyes like, why me, man? Why me? And Claudia just starts feeding. She doesn't give a fuck. I know, and she heard this poor guy's sad story, too. Louis didn't. He refused to kill him. He couldn't do it. I wonder if we can count how many times this happens to Louis. It's really dark. He really tries to stay away from ruining the people that he meets. He doesn't want to leave a path of destruction. And Claudia can care less. At that point, Dawn's kind of approaching, so they need to get in. They return to the village, and Louis declares the vampire dead. <laughs> He's like, that's it. We did it. He did do it. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And then some. And Morgan's gone, too. So now they don't have this drunk hanging out in the inn. Yeah, and then they can, they can go about their day and decapitate that wife. 
problem solved. Louis like, we're doing shit. <laughs> Let's get this process moving forward. They travel across Bulgaria to Transylvania and Hungary, only to encounter mindless corpses like the vampires in Varnia, which is where they were just at with that feral vampire. That's a really good description for it. I want to use that for it. So the vampires they meet in Europe are all feral vampires. Right. They probably had like no, ma- like the maker didn't care to become like that daddy that they needed claudia believes the european vampires are zombie-like at that point feral that's that's a good it's a good description then because they were all buried at one point and they only rose up to feed they're this feral not connected to anything they're like hungry their desperation to feed basically just overrides everything they just want to attack they just want to eat and i don't know if they really live any longer yeah we it doesn't it doesn't give like a description like if they get buried back or anything like that. So at that point, both Louis and Claudia miss Lestat. They feel terribly in this world that they created. And now they're alone. Yeah, instead of it being like a thruple, now it's like just them two. So as they're kind of talking back and forth, and Claudia kind of toys with the idea of maybe we should just create our own family. And Louis looks at her like, bitch, no. We just destroyed ours. <laughs> and I miss Lestat. I miss daddy. That's really what Louis is saying. He's like, I don't want to create another daddy. I want Lestat. I fucked up. We fucked up. And Claudia is like, no, we didn't fuck up. We kind of fucked up. We kind of fucked up. Lestat heard that. He felt that in his bones. He was like, they miss me. Louis begs her, no, we can't do it. We don't need it. It's a lot. We got to focus on what we're doing right now. They decided to skip Vienna and travel directly to Paris at this point. And that's the end. Part, part two. two. Yeah. Woo! Which was the shortest one. Like, we knew like that one was going to be short. And it's a lot of self, it's like a lot of self description that, that Louis gives. A lot of him like contemplating and thinking about Lestat. That whole chapter. It's, it's the voyage. Yeah. The self-loathing voyage to Europe. The standard self-loathing voyage. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Um, I'm really glad we got through this part pretty quickly. So this is going to be a really short episode. At least shorter than the last two. I know our first episode was about an hour long. The second episode is about like 45 minutes long. So thanks so much for hanging out and we'll see you next time, guys. Ciao!